0: The Gist is brought to you by Harry's, the shaving company that offers German-engineered blades, well-designed handles, and shipping right to your door. Visit harrys.com for $5 off your first purchase with the promo code GIST. The following podcast contains
1: explicit language. It's Wednesday, January 20th, 2016 from Slate. It's The Gist. I'm Mike Pesca. It's The Gist with the announcement that today I hid the fish. Let me explain. I try, by the way, not to overburden you with the minutiae of my life. Lest I transmogrify into a less hunched-over Andy Rudy. Like, I was in a hotel the other day, and you only get this in hotels or gyms or places where you don't own the shower. You ever get one of those shower handles that don't have uh, hot and cold separate, but it's one thing, but gravity takes over? So you try to set it on somewhat warm, but gravity keeps wanting to make it extra cold or extra hot? It's a horrible design flaw, but I'm not going to get into that. I'm going to tell you how I hid the fish. It goes like this. I leave the house. I bring some salmon with me for lunch. Already, you're thrilling to the story, right? Drop my son off at school, but I have to be back at school at about an hour and a half to sign him up for some after school. Spoiler alert, skateboarding. So I have this fish. I have this salmon. I don't want to put the salmon in my gym locker for an hour and a half. So what do I do? Thinking quickly, I look at the available nooks and crannies on the street. I spy a payphone. I take the fish. It is wrapped It is in Tupperware, but it is wrapped in plastic. And I hide it. I secrete it in a corner of the phone booth. The cold, the outside air will be my refrigerator. Could someone tamper with the fish? They could. On the other hand, there's a chance that a prep chef might come along and give me some extra seasoning I had not even envisioned. So I stow the fish thinking that very few people use the phone. If they do, they'll be unlikely to go inside a bag and I go to the gym. I think about this, what's the worst that can happen? I guess the worst that could happen is not that someone steals my fish, but that someone poisons my fish. La poisson des poissons. I come out. I have tape of this. If you want to play it, I took a video. My fish was there. I ate the fish. Did you see did you see Andrea for for yes, for lunch I ate the fish and the fish was delish. I hid the delish fish. All right. So what I'm, I think of myself as like a Frank Lloyd Wright, someone who incorporates nature into his building, what he's doing. Or maybe it shows that you could also conclude, perhaps, that global warming ain't real because it's pretty dang cold out there, like Alaska cold or Iowa cold, and I ain't fishing for a compliment. That's right. I'm channeling Sarah Palin, and that's what the spiel will be about today. But first, Maria Konnikova. Maybe you could say, hey, Mike, you're eating fish. You're storing it in nature. Are you on a paleo diet? I am not. Listen to Maria. She'll tell you why. Perhaps you know this about the Flintstones. Fact one, they're a page right out of history. Fact two, someday they could take the kids out for a treat through the courtesy of Fred's two feet. Fact three, they're on the paleo diet. In fact, I've seen things that they were about to eat look up from the plate and say, it's a living. Now, Fred Flintstone doesn't seem to be the picture of health to me, but maybe I'm wrong. In fact, don't the fossil records show that cavemen died out? I don't know. Old age for them was 31. And yet here in America, we're all on the paleo diet because of the wisdom of the ancients. Sure, right. Why not eat a pterodactyl? Maria Konnikova is here. She is the author of The Confidence Game and Mastermind, How to Think Like Sherlock Holmes. And we are here to play Is That Bullshit with the Paleo Diet? Hello, Maria. Hey, Mike. Now, I know that pterodactyls and Flintstones did not coexist, no matter what Hanna-Barbera would have us believe. Hanna-Barbera, they are bullshit. But what is the Paleo Diet?
2: Well, the premise of the Paleo Diet is that... Our ancestors, mm-hmm. many thousands of years ago, did not have supermarkets. Did That's not, true. The, that that not true. That is yes. not bullshit. That is true. That is not bullshit. Did not have processed sugars and flour and all of that stuff, and basically lived in a eat what you kill and what you grow type of world uh-huh. before agriculture, before the agricultural revolution. Um, so they would eat meat, lots of meat, um, Things that grow in the wild, so vegetables and berries and twigs. Maybe they ate twigs. Who knows? Yeah. Um,
1: maybe each other.
2: Maybe each other. Um, yeah. Well, and that's actually the, the crucial bottom line that we don't really
1: know what they ate. Okay, so <laughs> before we even get to is the paleo diet bullshit, on one aspect of it, was it really the paleo's diet? That is the question
2: because people on the paleo diet, they say, oh, we eat lots of meat, lots of protein. Meat took so long to catch and to find. Yeah. I mean that was the single costliest thing that you could eat. You know, the men had to go and chase down the animals and it's not we didn't have supermarkets. So it's not like you could go and catch meat. Well we didn't ma- even
1: have projectiles. Yes. You know? We barely yes. had bow and arrows up until a few hundred years ago.
2: And so yes, they ate meat, but how much meat did they eat? Yes. And then in terms of what else they ate, well it's really, really difficult to argue that They all ate certain types of vegetables or didn't eat other types of vegetables because two things. First, our Paleolithic ancestors lived all over the world. Mm -hmm. And different parts of the world have different things growing there. Right. And they don't all have... same berries. They don't all have the same vegetables. Right. That's so
1: funny. I never thought of that. So we talk about the paleo diet, but we also talk about like the Mediterranean diet. When we talk about the Mediterranean diet, it's an acknowledgement that there's an area of the world where people eat differently. Well, that area of the world existed during paleo times. We don't talk about, oh, do you mean paleo Mediterranean? Do you mean paleo North American?
2: This is exactly right. Good point. I mean, the paleo people up north are going to have a very different diet from the paleo people in Africa. Yes, that's point one. Point two is that when we make claims like they didn't eat any grains because that didn't exist before the agricultural revolution, mm-hmm. there's actually really good evidence that they did exist because we do we find evidence that of consumption of things like wild barley. A lot of these grew in the wild, and people have found mortar and pestles that are tens of thousands of years old, meaning you actually took these grains and yeah. you ground them up and you, and, if, and you
1: ate them. If they didn't eat them, then what about that other trend of ancient grains? Both your precious trends can't be true, paleo people, ancient grains can This is true. People.
2: And the final thing is we are very well evolved to digest the foods that we were meant to eat. Mm-hmm. And nine, 10 or 11 times in history, let's call it 10 times
1: mm-hmm. throughout history. Almost half a dozen times in history.
2: <laughs> Almost half a dozen times in history. Populations have spontaneously evolved the enzyme that will allow you to um, to process dairy, which means dairy is not part of the paleo diet. Yes. But that means that dairy was available in all yep. of these parts of the world, and people
1: evolved to be able
2: to eat, to consume that dairy.
1: Basically, which would make sense. Ancient man and up until, you know... 40 years ago, everyone's first food yeah. was dairy, yes. mother's milk. Yes. And it is... would also make sense. I know David Brenner had that famous joke of the bravest guy ever is the first person to eat, to drink a cow's milk. See that cow over there? I'm going to drink what comes out of it. But it's actually the most logical thing. Sure, because yeah, you also you see your baby little to calf doing Yeah, yep. exactly.
2: Yep, absolutely. So there's that. And there's also one final question. Let's assume for a moment that everything that people say about the paleo diet in terms of what they ate is accurate, that really... They didn't eat dairy, they didn't eat grains, no carbohydrates, mostly veggies, et cetera, et cetera. Fine. Let's assume that's true. Were they actually healthier? Yeah. That is the the question. Does the diet work to make you healthier? Yeah. If we can establish what the diet was. And there are two things, one of which you brought up. They all died at 30 years old, so yeah. we don't really know long-term consequences. Right.
1: Hey, maybe they had a fabulous low resting heart rate, but since, you know, the only available shelter was lean-tos and there were, you know, frequent mastodon attacks, that right. definitely cuts into the lifestyle and the uh, longevity. So at just end, because they died so young is not necessarily evidence that the diets weren't good. No, but, but
2: we also have evidence that... Um, And this is a study that came out earlier this year um, that looked at uh, mummified remains of our old predecessors and found evidence of heart disease.
1: Really? Yeah. Hmm.
2: So Fred Flintstone might not have been as healthy as all that.
1: He also had high levels of stress. He did. Mr. Slate leaned on him a lot in the quarry. He He did. He was always screaming. But arterial buildup
2: buildup doesn't happen from stress. Heart attacks can happen from stress. Right. But buildup of plaques and yucky stuff in your arteries happens from what you eat. And genetic predisposition, which is another part of it. A lot of people can eat the exact same diet. One of them will lose weight. One of them will gain weight. Right. One of them, nothing will happen. Right. Because what we eat is just one small part of of our diet. So I think the final stuff. first we have, do we know what they ate? Second, does that make you healthier? Third, if we're talking about our usual is that bullshit setup, let's try to look at this diet and see, well, okay, fine. Let's talk about modern human beings. Right. So the the diet is
1: meat, simple berries, no processed food.
2: Right. Veggies, oil, nuts, avocado oil, basically the stuff that you don't find in the center aisles of the supermarket, which by the way, in and of itself, not bad advice. Yeah. That's the other thing. If
1: If you need to convince yourself that that's a way to organize your diet... Well, you're you're avoiding carbs and people. Right, know carbs that's are
2: bad. right. Exactly. So you certain things that you're avoiding, maybe you shouldn't be avoiding. But saying you shouldn't, you, we should eat less sugar. Yeah. And we should eat less processed food. Yeah. That's. I don't think there's a single nutritionist who would disagree with that. Yeah. I don't think there's a single scientist who would disagree with what about that. About soup, can you eat soup? Um, I guess it would depend on what it's made of. Did they make soup? Stone, Stone soup. Soup. Like soup. Stone okay. soup. Very
1: good. Yeah. Bisque, maybe a bisque.
2: Yeah, lobster. Yeah, lobster in the you, Mediterranean. You in the in the Mediterranean. Could you right. Lobster. I don't know. Yeah, that's a very interesting question. It's we fascinating have a, question. We should have a paleolithic in a expert. Bisque.
1: You can't have that big crouton though. That's what I like. But with my you know bisque. what, bisque. The big crouton.
2: But bisques are dairy based. Yes. So, so no, no dairy. No, right. no, no, no bisque. bisque. No crouton. No bisque. No crouton.
1: All right. So, but, you, they assemble the paleo diet. Right. So
2: assume we, we get the diet. It's really, really hard, and I think we've spoken about this before, but maybe not to study nutrition, mm-hmm. because it's almost impossible to control what people eat. What am What am I going to do, put you in a lab for a month yeah. and feed you? I would rec- do it.
1: I swear. I'd be good <laughs> at this. I could eat I could eat one thing. I, I'd be good. If you paid me a lot of money, I could I'm eat sure. just one thing. Unless going in, I'm like, I hate it, and I still might right. hate it. Right. But what you're describing, I could live paleo. Sounds good. Yeah, sounds good. Well, if I did live paleo, though, what would they find about me?
2: Well, that's the thing—we're not quite sure. Ah, um, because there have been some controlled studies where they actually have put people in a lab, but those have lasted for about seven days. Uh huh. And you can see that after seven days, um, you do get a better resting heart rate. A lot of a lot of things do do happen positively, and yet I would like to see. This was seven days versus eating normally. So what they did was they took normal people who weren't overweight, they had them just eat normally for a week, and then they had them do this paleo diet thing for a week. And compared to themselves, they were much better. But I would like to see them compared to almost any other diet, because suddenly when you have a week where you're being monitored and all of your food intake is being monitored and people are feeding you and people are actually looking at everything you eat, I'm willing to bet that almost anything is going to be healthier because Mm -hmm. you're no longer snacking. You're no longer taking just random food when you're thoughtlessly walking past the fridge. You're probably eating less because your portions are being controlled by scientists. And so I don't know how convincing that is. And the problem with most nutrition studies is exactly that, that it's really difficult to do them well. And you can find correlations between almost anything.
1: I know that they did find out that the people who live on the paleo diet, I don't know if they were healthier or less healthy, but they were prone to attack by bands of Australopithecus afarensis. Mm. The big bands of Australopithecine people would descend upon them.
2: On the pterodactyls, were they riding pterodactyls?
1: They were riding mastodons. Oh, mastodons! Wearing okay. fur bikinis. Okay. Yeah, working at the Slate. Excellent. Hey, you know Fred Flintstone and I have that in common, don't we? We both work <laughs> for Slate. Yeah. <laughs> and we wear shapeless orange tunics and yell at Wilma. But yeah. f- with me, it's Wilmer Valderrama. <laughs> <laughs> Wilmer! <laughs> Thank- All right.
2: But, yeah, I mean, you know, it's really hard to make any sort of pronouncements based on evidence of tens of thousands of years ago. And it's also really hard to say that humans don't evolve. We do evolve. And we're meant to eat a lot of different things. And our bodies are very good at adapting.
1: Do you think that Rick Moranis as Barney Rubble makes sense as as casting in 2015, given the benefit of hindsight? Because it was Rick Moranis as Barney Rubble. Betty was Rosie O'Donnell. Fred was John Goodman. Mm -hmm. That can't be assailed. And I really don't remember who uh, Wilma was. Do you remember who Wilma was? I guess we can IMDb it. Yeah. Let's put that one aside and let's get to this one.
2: Mike, you have have the topic of my next book.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Paleo diet. There's going to be a couple questions here. Paleo diet. Was that really their diet? Is that bullshit? That's bullshit
2: because we really have no way of proving what they did and didn't eat.
1: Okay. This imagined pretend paleo diet... A good diet for people is that bullshit
2: um partly in the sense that a lot of the things it recommends really are good they're just good dietary recommendations period we should all eat less sugar we should all eat less processed food Um, we should all probably cut down on carbs a bit that's all great advice however avoiding dairy that's not very good advice avoiding a lot of different types of fruit grains i think People really use it to justify a lot of things they want to justify with no justification. And so in that sense, yes, it is bullshit. All
1: right. Maria Konnikova, something to chew over with Maria Konnikova. Ay, ay, ay. Maria Kanakova is above that, just so far above that. She's the author of The Confidence Game and Mastermind, How to Think Like Sherlock Holmes, and Paleo, How to Eat Like Fred Flintstone. Thank you so much, Maria.
2: Thank you, Mike.
1: I was recently on the road and I had to shave, a road shave, and I did not pack my Harry's razors with me. So I went to a store, they have these stores, and they have razors available for sale in stores. Always locked up, like we like we care, like we're jewel thieves. Distract, I'll create a diversion so I can steal some crappy three blades that'll cut up my face. Anyway, I was between, they now have good disposable razors or good-ish, I mean, by good I just think, you know, 17 blade disposable razors, but they also have the real kind which are, you know, heftier, but heftier in price. So I bought one of those and you can actually see me during a news hour appearance with the consequence of what happened. I couldn't bring myself to do it. I just went on PBS all furry-faced and talked about the Rams moving to L.A. So that is all preamble for me to say. If it ain't Harry's, I'm not going to be shaving with it. Harry's is quality five-blade cartridges. It's clean. It's close. No cuts or burns. It's a great price because there's no middleman. They own a factory in Germany. A million people have already made the switch to Harry's. So... Why are you paying so much for a huge eight pack of blades when you can get it for half the price at Harry's? In fact, this introductory offer means that for $15, you can get a razor, moisturizing shave cream, and three razor blades. So I will tell you what the offer is now. Harry's will give you $5 off your first offer with the promo code GIST. Stop paying for a great shave and start the year off right. Go to harrys.com right now, H-A-R-R-Y-S.com, and enter code GIST at checkout. And now the spiel. I can see syntax from my speech. Yesterday, the former two-term mayor of Wasilla and one term, technically two-thirds of a term, governor of Alaska, endorsed the man who once shaved the head of wrestling magnate Vince McMahon in the ring this endorsement was regarded as a bombshell. Yahoo and ABC labeled it on their website a bombshell.
0: Her endorsement getting mixed reviews, but will this backing give Donald Trump the boost he needs in
1: Iowa? I don't know. I guess that somewhere out there, there's an uncommitted voter whose problem with Trump is that he's Not enough of an easily lampooned reality show veteran who talks tough, has a shaky command of the facts, and puts sentences together in a somewhat haphazard manner. But if there's one person whose credentials on all those things are unblemished, it is Sarah Palin.
0: No more pussyfooting around!
1: So the governor, sorry, the govno, so remember, she only served two years, seven months, so she doesn't qualify for the full governor title. The govno then went on to say...
0: chief who will let our warriors do their job and go kick ISIS ass
1: so I gotta tell you I was gonna I was gonna pass on the whole Sarah Palin endorsement thing as a topic insofar as the endorsement is exactly what you would expect from Sarah Palin endorsing Donald Trump it's also what you would expect from Big Ange endorsing NeNe those those are two reality show stars by the way two other reality show stars but then I dove into the full text of the endorsement it is fantastic It is amorphic. It is a document to be scrutinized and analyzed and celebrated and perhaps passed down through the ages via oral tradition.
0: Well, he being the only one who's been willing, he's got the guts to wear the issues that need to be spoken about and debated on his sleeve.
1: But as I listened, it dawned on me, you don't need me anymore. You don't need me as we listen to Sarah Palin, you don't need my guidance, my insight, or my analysis. Sarah Palin renders the very purpose of the spiel useless.
0: And you quit footing the bill for these nations who are oil rich, we're paying for some of their skirmishes that have been going on for centuries, where they're fighting each other and yelling, Allah Akbar, calling jihad on each other's heads forever and ever.
1: I'll just show myself out, I guess. Actually, wait. I want to point something out. Did you hear she said squirmishes? Squirmishes is not a word. It seems like it could be. Do you remember in 2010, she won word of the year when she coined refudiate? Like she was calling on peaceful Muslims to refudiate building the 9-11 mosque. I should say the so-called, by bi- inaccurate, Simpleton's 9-11 mosque. Squirmishes is at least as good as refudiate. And also, the most recent word of the year was they as a pronoun they. So, Sarah Palin, please come back to the national stage. We need you for new words like these. We're in the
0: private sector. You actually have to balance budgets in order to prioritize, to keep the main thing, the main thing. And he knows the main thing. A president is to keep us safe economically and militarily. He knows the main thing, and he knows how to lead the charge. So troops hang in there because help's on the way, because he, better than anyone, isn't he known for being able to command fire?
1: Oh, wait, I could help here, too. I just I just need to describe the visual of what's going on. So the fire, being able to command fire, it's like such a mixed metaphor, and it's not really Trump's you're fired line. So you see how it wasn't playing, but then it got the big laugh. What you're not hearing is that right next to Palin, not unlike Garrett Morris used to do with Chevy Chase on Saturday Night Live, there was Trump visually acting out the you're fired motion. <laughs> To help the crowd? Oh, she's making a pun. Also, how great would it be to have a commander who has iconic motions that if he acts them out, we all know what he's saying. Like Bernie Sanders having jazz hands or something. All right, there's another thing I want to point out. This is more of the content of that thing about balancing budgets. States have to balance budgets. The government actually has to balance the budget, not the federal government, but states do. So people who have to balance budgets are Jeb Bush, Chris Christie. John Kasich, someone who doesn't have to balance budgets, it's a private company. They can run a deficit. They can operate out of bankruptcy. Can you name a famous businessman who put a few companies into bankruptcy? Yes, Donald Trump has operated out of bankruptcy. No balanced budget there. Anyway, let's go on. I could help you analyze this next sentence, too.
0: All these new Democrat voters that are going to be coming on over the border as we keep the borders open.
1: Shh, Sarah, we know that's why you're against them. You're just not supposed to say it out loud.
0: So no, we're not going to chill. In fact, it's time to drill, baby drill, down and hold these folks accountable.
1: Drill, baby drill. It is still a great line. Oil is trading at $26 a barrel today. Yeah, you know what? It's still the solution. Maybe I'll play one more quote and then I'll end with a somber piece of news.
0: What he's been able to accomplish and with his, um, it's kind of this quiet generosity. Yeah, maybe his largesse kind of, I don't know, some would say gets in the way of that quiet generosity and and, uh, his compassion. But if you know him as a person and you'll get to know him more and more, you'll have even more...
1: Yeah, so... The day before Palin issued this endorsement, it was revealed that her son, Track, an Iraq war veteran, was arrested. According to court documents, Track, who lives with Sarah Palin, allegedly kicked his girlfriend, punched her in the face, then held an AR-15 rifle near his head, yelling, do you think I'm a pussy and do you think I won't do it? That was in the police report. So today, Sarah Palin talked about this at a pro-Trump rally in Oklahoma. She said that her son suffered from PTSD and pretty much blamed the president, saying the attitude starts at the top. And she urged the crowd to vote for
0: for the next commander who will respect our troops, who will give them what they are deserving and who will treat our vets better than illegal immigrants in America.
1: Crack Palin, for wielding an AR-15 while intoxicated, for interfering with the report of a domestic violence crime, and for assaulting his girlfriend, was charged with three Class A misdemeanors. And that's it for today's show. Just producer Andrea Salenzi never hit a fish, but she would often conceal the veal. Steve Lichtai is the executive producer of Slate Podcasts, been known to secrete the luncheon meat. Andy Bowers, chief content officer of the Panoply Network, that's a guy who will disguise the pies. The gist? We obscure the wild boar. Yes, we're a bit of an epicure. um peru de peru peru and thanks for listening.